0: Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed-out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress, too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can, too! I read a heartbreaking post on Facebook the other evening. A woman attends a church where the pastor whose qualification consists of a seminary degree, has pulpit-shamed his congregation into abandoning their medications for depression, anxiety, and other mental illnesses. The woman fears for her friend, who followed the pastor's counsel, and has slipped further into depression. I can't remain silent any longer. Churches should stay silent on the issue of mental health, Rather than diminish the mental health crisis by claiming people who suffer lack faith. What kind of drivel do they teach in seminaries these days? Will pastors nix pulpit shame diabetics into discontinuing the use of their insulin? Or perhaps urge those with broken limbs to saw off their casts? Can preachers be sued for pastoral malpractice? I confess I have a limited and rudimentary knowledge of mental health illness, although I suffered from depression after my husband's stem cell transplant. I never took antidepressants. Maybe I should have. I probably would have had fewer physical side effects from my depression. But we did almost lose one of our daughters to an undiagnosed mental illness, all because of our ignorance. We cannot stay silent any longer, cowed by those who claim we lack faith, when what we really lack is education. A one cure fits all does not exist for mental illnesses. God created each of us as unique individuals with incredible variety, history, and epigenetic makeup. There'll be more on epigenetics next week. We need to embrace the fact that what works for one patient might not work for another. The church needs to change its attitude or stay silent. That rigid, you're depressed because you lack faith attitude sends those who need the support and compassion of the church stumbling out the back door. Never to return. Maintenance of most mental illnesses requires medication, just like maintenance of most forms of diabetes requires insulin. We need to educate ourselves and train pastors to provide the support and healing those suffering from mental illnesses need in order to have a full and meaningful relationship with God. We don't need pulpit shaving ignoramuses heaping guilt upon the lost and hurting. Jesus didn't do that. He called the weary and heavy burden to him. He also didn't promise to heal everyone's ailments. Think about Paul and the burden that Jesus never healed for him. Do we think Paul didn't have enough faith? So, if you've considered seeing a pastor or a therapist or a counselor, make sure that you go in with open eyes. Here's the difference between a pastoral counselor and a therapist. According to the dictionary, A therapist is a person who helps people deal with mental or emotional problems by talking about those problems. A person trained in psychotherapy. Sometimes friends or community members provide the sounding board we need to process the things that hold us back from mental wholeness. Sometimes we may need more. Counseling and therapy are not the same though. I'm going to talk today about why you should not go to your pastor for counseling. Don't get me wrong. I just want to set the record straight. Most pastors give wise, godly counsel, but a pastoral counselor and a therapist don't do the same things. We often use the words interchangeably to indicate someone we go to when we have a problem. Before you decide to take your racing thoughts and compulsions to your local pastor, think about this. I took a class in school law, but that doesn't make me qualified to represent a client in court. While licensed ministers of the gospel may have taken a class, or two or three, in family and marriage counseling, most do not have an actual state-issued counseling license. This doesn't preclude the pastor from giving good marriage advice, but it also doesn't guarantee that the advice they give will solve the problem. According to the Word of Life Christian Counseling Training Institute, A state license is not required to do Christian counseling as an ordained or licensed minister or as part of an official program of a church. A state licensed counselor has to have a master's degree and go through a rigorous internship program that requires thousands of hours of supervised counseling. So, you can understand the difference between a pastoral counselor and a licensed clinical social worker counselor. I don't want to discount the training and experience that ministers and pastors receive as part of their education. The fact remains, though, that a licensed pastor doesn't have the same education as a state licensed counselor, and not all denominations require pastors to go through a credentialing or licensing program. I have my first aid and CPR card, but I take no offense when someone with a broken arm visits the ER. In fact, I would offer to drive them. Likewise, a good pastor will direct his sheep to the proper place for the right kind of help. So, what kind of help do you need? The analogy between first aid certification and a state board license to practice medicine should help you figure out what kind of help you really need. If you have low-level problems, need premarital counseling, or have moral questions, consider a visit to your pastor. For more persistent problems such as depression, racing thoughts, serious marital issues, trauma, or abuse, look for an expert. If you feel you need help healing from your past in order to experience mental wholeness, assess yourself before you seek help. Journal about the problem. Try self-help books. They may help you resolve the problem or help you narrow your search for help. But remember that a self-help book won't always cut it. When our daughter experienced profound depression, she couldn't focus enough to read more than a page. She needed professional counseling I wanted to find a Christian counselor, but that proved difficult in our area of the United States. For some reason, I distrusted counselors who didn't claim Christian as part of their identity. In searching for a Christian counselor, I discovered that a state-licensed counselor's mandate, Christian or not, is to remain neutral. Silly me. For some reason, I had the perception that a non-Christian counselor would automatically ask about religious affiliation and try to talk a patient out of his or her faith as part of the counseling agenda. But that's not going to happen. You should also seek a counselor, therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist whose goals include working themselves out of a job. Whoever helps you should teach you to function and resolve problems on your own. These hacks will help you understand whether you need to see a pastor for pastoral counseling or a licensed therapist. Hack number one. Assess your needs. If you feel like you have a theological issue, then the best person to visit would be a pastor. Or if you feel like you have marital problems that your pastor might be able to resolve, then go ahead and see your pastor. If you feel like your problem goes deeper, maybe it's related to past trauma or abuse, then I would consider visiting a therapist. Hack number two. Decide what you want out of therapy before you start. Do you want to find better ways to communicate? Do you want to put trauma behind you and have it no longer rule your life? Are you interested in cutting down on the anxiety that you suffer for? Those are all great reasons to visit a licensed therapist. Hack number three, check out some websites. I'll leave a link to some in the show notes that give you ideas of when you should consider licensed therapy. For example, if your eating and sleeping habits change, either you eat too much, or you sleep too much, or you eat too little, or you sleep too little, can be signs that you need to see a therapist. Maybe you no longer enjoy things that you used to, and it's gone on for quite some time. Or maybe you find yourself over-emotional. Maybe little things trigger you to cry, things that never made you cry before. Maybe you find yourself withdrawing from society. You don't want to visit friends. You don't want to talk on the phone and your friendships hold no comfort for you. Maybe some of your unhealthy habits are becoming problematic. Are you finding yourself addicted to Candy Crush, gambling, hot Cheetos? It's easy to lean on escape tools when we're going through high-stress periods. But if you find yourself obsessing about those things all day long, you may have a problem that requires professional help. If you find yourself having more arguments with your family members and those you love and not getting along with people the way you used to, Maybe it's time to see a therapist to learn some new communication skills. If something horrible happens to you or has happened to you and you haven't fully processed it, that would be a great time to see a licensed therapist. For example, if you experienced a recent trauma or a past trauma and find that the effects are still bothering you, go see a therapist. They can help many times without medication. And let's say that you've tried other ways of increasing your mental wholeness you eat better, you exercise more, you get the right amount of sleep, you've read self-help books, but none of it seems to be working, then it's time to go and actually see a therapist. Hack number four, decide what the end will look like. In other words, be clear upfront with your therapist about what you think healing will look like. Do you want to return to your normal joyful self? Do you want to unload the burden of past traumas? Do you want to live a less anxious life? How will you know that you have received the help that you need? What is your end goal? Think about that before you actually go see a therapist. It will help the therapist decide how best to help you. But whatever you do, don't be afraid to go see a therapist. You don't have to find a Christian therapist just because you're a Christian. Therapists make a commitment to remain neutral. That means they're not going to harangue you about anything having to do with religion or any beliefs for that matter. Remember that a therapist's job is to work him or herself out of a job by helping you become mentally whole. So don't forget the four hacks for deciding whether you need to see a pastor or a therapist. Hack number one, decide whether your problem is spiritual or mental. If it's spiritual, then go see a pastor first. If it can't be clearly traced to a question about the Bible or living a Christian life, then you might want to consider seeing a therapist first. Hack number two, decide what you want out of therapy before you start. Hack number three, do some basic research. Check out websites that would help you decide when you should seek therapy or whether you might actually need to see a psychiatrist. And hack number four, figure out what your end goal is before you start. How will you know that therapy has been successful for you? Come back next week when we talk about handling a mental illness disclosure from someone else. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.